Hello, this is uh, Bishop Christopher Mukwavi, Senior Pastor at Living Hope Church, Pentecost Assemblies of God, Zambia. I want to welcome you to this uh, podcast as uh, you listen to this message. Our goal here is to preach a holistic message that will bring total transformation to our lives. God bless you as you listen to the message. Acts chapter 8, verse 4 to 13. From the New King James Version, the context of this passage of Scripture is that uh, persecution has arisen in the church at Jerusalem. Stephen uh, has just been um, stoned to death. And the church is in disarray. And people are running uh, going towards every direction. Okay? Now, from verse 4, Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere, preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon, who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for the reading of scripture and this testimony we have heard about your power. I pray that, Lord, as I exhort your people, may you open their hearts, open their understanding, and that this word, O oh God, may bring forth a revival in our hearts. And grant unto me prophetic utterance to speak your word as I should. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. You may take your seats. Uh, many years ago, I think, Maybe even 2012. Is 2012 many years ago? Yes. I, I, I was preaching a sermon called Spirituality Apamendo. How many of you remember that sermon? You don't remember that? Spirituality Apamendo. Now, what I'm going to preach about is close to that. The agency of carrying the word or the gospel on our feet. The agency of carrying the gospel on our feet. You know, good news is always compelling to be told. 
In Matthew chapter 28, verse 7 to 8, when Christ rose from the dead and uh, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb and they found that Christ had risen from the dead and they, they met an angel there and the angel said, the man whom you seek is not here, is risen. Okay, and so it says, go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and indeed he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Verse 8. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. You know, when there is good news, there has to be that agency, that urge to go and tell it quickly. You've got good news. This news is exciting. And this, this news is, is, is about hope. It's about, you know, delivering something that is going to bring life to people. But it is ironical that bad news seems to spread faster. Have you ever realized that? It seems to spread faster. An accident just happened somewhere on the highway. You see pictures on social media everywhere. And where people get their appetite to take pictures, an accident has just happened, they just want to take pictures and then spread. The world has changed. Before, they would work hard to save the sick and the injured. But they want to take pictures and steal. A few days, two days, two days ago now, hitting the social media waves and all that, it's the new art that has resurfaced again <laughs> in our nation of this artist, nude artist who's, who's been, you know, sent pictures of everywhere. So this news spreads so fast. You've got some news to spread. How come it's not spreading fast? You and I have news to spread. In Ezekiel 33, verse 8 to 9, the Bible says, take me to Ezekiel quickly, please. Ezekiel 33, verse 8 to 9, when I said to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Verse 9. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked person to turn from, uh, from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. There is an urgency here, dear friends. You and I have the gospel to go and share with those who have not heard the gospel. You and I have the agency to be mobile, to move from where we are, from our comfort zone, to go and tell someone about Christ. The church in Jerusalem was initially located, or the early church was initially located in Jerusalem, and we are having good times there. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47 gives us a report, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Verse 43, then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Verse 44, now all who believed were together. 
Where were they? They were together and had all things in common. It was a wonderful church to belong to. And sold all their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. And then verse 46. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple. So, so they were converging somewhere and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Was it wrong that they were doing all these things? No. It was not wrong. Now, what was wrong was that they were not living the instruction of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And what is that instruction? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That was the instruction. That was the mandate. But they just didn't know when it was time to leave Jerusalem. You know what? There are times when you don't know it is time to make a move. There are times that when you don't know when to say, I have had enough comfort, let me make a move. There are times that, that you do not discern as a church that it is time to break camp and become other-centered rather than being centered on ourselves. It is good that we've been having fellowship platforms, yes, couples fellowship and brides and uh, having these, you know, uh, friends of Jesus meetings. These are good meetings that we have. We eat together, and, but we don't know when to make a move. We don't know until God moves in and does it his way. God allowed persecution to arise to scatter the gathered church. There's a time that we need to stop gathering and start scattering. Are you hearing me? We must not wait for COVID to stop us from gathering we must embrace the mission to scatter us. I am not saying we stop gathering so that we stay home. No, I'm saying we stop gathering so that we are scattered. Is somebody hearing me? Many years ago, uh, for, I don't know, for six months or so, I was chasing church members every Sunday from church. Say, what kind of a pastor is that? Each time I would go and make disciples of all nations. So we must be a going church. We must be a scattered church. I am looking forward to a time that you won't come to church on a Sunday, but you'll be on the streets sharing the gospel. I am looking forward to that time. Because that's what you are here for. Especially if you have been hearing my sermons.
for 20 years. I don't need you here. Did you hear me? Can somebody say amen? I don't need you here. Don't come here. Go on the streets and share the gospel. Guess what I say about Go. Go. We need to go. So we need to be a scattered church carrying the gospel on our feet. That's what God wants us to do. And that's where God wants us to be. I'm happy, uh, Brother Mwanda, you have found uh, a niche in that area where you have been going. So we need to join that. Let's let the new people continue to come here so that we disciple them and send them. Of course, from time to time, you come back. You come and give your testimony. Different for us, come and give your testimony. Remember what the Apostle Paul was doing? He would go, then go back to the church to report that this is what the Lord is doing among us. So, God allowed persecution to arise to scatter the gathered church and it happened in a very crude manner. Stephen had to be stoned to death for the church to move in Jerusalem. I am not praying that anyone should be stoned to death. <laughs> okay, but you know what? There are situations that is going that God is going to allow that to make your comfort uncomfortable so that you are driven to your knees to pray so that you are driven to go and share something with the needy out there he might send a thief to come and see your resources the, the rage immediately might be get him locked up, get him shot and killed. But you remember, he's a sinner. He needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, there's lots of stuff happening right now in the community. And you can cry, you can make noise and scream. They are going to increase if you don't share the gospel. Lots of crying over the, the, the LGBTQ flags raised at the Swedish and Finnish embassies. Now, that will continue, that will continue to grow, increasingly grow, and might overtake you when you are not, if you are not sharing the gospel. We need to influence our society through the gospel. That's the only way. We need to influence our society. How much influence have you influenced the current members of parliament? How many, if you have been a Christian for 30 years, have you influenced them? Because one of those members of parliament and ministers was my wife's pupil in the primary school. Okay? Now, God gives us a chance to influence generations. So you need to be influencing people with the gospel and with your life. And that's what's going to change our communities. God has intentionally given the church mobility to go and preach. You know, the resources 
that the church has now did not have it when I was born again. When I was born again, I was walking the streets of Ndola. Preach. I lived in Hillcrest. I would do walk to Itawa to go and do discipleship. From there, walk to Northrise, walk to Kansenshi, doing discipleship, and I would use pocket money that people gave me to buy materials, you know, to help those disciples, some of whom are still alive now. We didn't have much resources. I chose to walk to church to spare money to buy tracts to give to people. So that's, that's the kind of mobility that, uh, uh, th that we struggled with then. But now we have resources. Look at the abilities God has given you. The resources God has given you. If you can't go, you can bring resources into missions that the gospel continues to go. But there has to be a time when your feet should also move. We must always hold this upon our hearts. God wants us to take responsibility for the message entrusted to us. We are entrusted with this um, responsibility. I'm not that far yet. I'm just, I'm, I'm just giving you the purpose bridge right now. So get back. Okay? So we have this responsibility. Uh, I'm not even, yeah, so I'm there. So God will affirm, and God will affirm our faithness to the preaching of the word by confirming it with signs and wonders. Those that carry the gospel on their feet will have long time to testify. Longer time to testify. And they will see signs and wonders they had never seen before. This morning, when I was in the office there, uh, one of my nephews, I think, posted the picture on a family platform. And he's, he's 55 years old now. Okay, so he posted this picture and um, he's thanking God from where God has taken him from. And is this picture, there's a group of young people seated, many of them seated on the floor. And I have seen myself there, I'm seated on the chair and I'm speaking to them. Are you in that picture also, David? Oh, okay, David is also in that. It was a youth meeting in Mufrila. Free Central Assembly at Mano uh, Primary School. Okay? Yeah, I was blessed by this. You should have seen what I wore. <laughs> I was blessed by this. So I was speaking to them, influencing them, influencing them with the gospel. And uh, I can testify. And as you heard yourself, the, the lady that came to testify here, that as we carried the gospel on our feet, signs and wonders followed us. Signs and wonders followed us. Here's Stephen. Uh, he's, he's been killed. And then the disciples scatter. Philip was one of the six 
people that were chosen to serve tables, and the qualifications was that men you know who are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. So as they were scattered, running away from persecution, from Saul and the others, the Bible says they didn't run away to hide. As they ran away, they spoke to anything that moved about Jesus. It must not be normal that you conversate with someone for two minutes and you don't know whether they are born again or not. It must bother you. It really must bother you. So when you go out, God will confirm his word with signs of, the, of driving out unclean spirits. Unclean spirits must not stand you. They must not stand you. Wherever you go must be their exit. Must be their exit. Today, demons feel very comfortable in our churches. If they feel very comfortable in our churches, what about in your home? <laughs> Extremely comfortable. In front of you there's Netflix and there's this and there's this and so the world, postmodern world, gives many choices and opportunities, alternatives to life. Many things that take away your life. Because you think demons have finished. No, they went and regrouped and came back through IT. Some of them. They went and they haven't finished. No. Here they have gone to university here now. They have degrees. So challenges are among us. So you know what? The devil certain binds people directly and indirectly through demons. And we are to drive them out of people's lives as we go on preaching the gospel. So preaching of the kingdom of God is a major confrontation against Satan and demons. God directly confronts the demonic through the preaching of the gospel. In Isaiah 40 verse 10, Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. So God has come with a strong hand. So when you go to announce the gospel, to preach the gospel, God's arm, God's hand is with you. And it's a strong hand to drive out the enemy in front of you. God wants everyone freed from bondage. From the bondage to Satan. That's why in Isaiah 58 verse 6 when I, Isaiah is speaking about the proper fast, he says, this is the fast that I approve. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness? To undo the heavy burdens? To let the oppressed go free? And that you break every yoke? This is God's agenda, dear friends. This is God's agenda. And he has entrusted this to you and me. As we share the gospel, God will confirm it by driving out demons in people's lives. Secondly, healing paralysis. Healing paralysis. 
So we see this in the ministry of Philip, actually, that uh, as he went about uh, preaching, the Bible says the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of men who had them and men were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. People will begin to pay attention to what you say when they see signs and wonders accompanying you. When people see signs and wonders accompanying the preaching of the word in church, they will begin to pay attention. For now, they are paying attention to Iris. So they will pay attention to the church when you begin to carry the gospel on your feet. And we see that God is going to heal paralysis. Dr. Ngongora uh, talked so much about paralysis when he talked about the paralytic. See, the kingdom of God is about holistic healing through the manifestation of the Messiah. The signs of the Messiah are recorded in Isaiah 35, verse 5 to 6. The Messiah has come. Christ has come. And these are the signs that must accompany the preaching of his message. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Verse, verse 6. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing, for waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. What does this mean? What this means then is that you must step out in faith to heal these things. Because God will accompany the preaching of your word. You must expect God to heal paralysis. You must expect God to loose uh, the tight tongue of Achivulu should speak. The deaf should hear. Why? These are signs of the Messiah, the Christ, who lives in his church and whose church you are. Paralysis inhibits mobility. Paralysis takes away joy. God wants people to have joy, to have mobility. The devil does not want you to have mobility. What about those who are paralyzed? Think about the depression that they go through. The works of the Messiah include healing of lame people. As Isaiah 35 verse 6 says, this is what's hap what has accompanied the preaching of Philip. People are amazed at what is happening in this uh, part of, uh, uh, of the world. Thirdly, signs and great miracles will accompany the preaching of the gospel. Signs and great miracles, I must add and say greater miracles because the devil also has power. He also performs miracles. But the miracles that you perform in Jesus' name will be greater than that of the devil. 
Remember that uh, the magicians, Pharaoh's magicians, also uh, made their roads become snakes. But one snake, one rod in Moses' hands, that became a snake, swallowed the rest of the snakes. May the power that you have swallow every power of the enemy. We have a generation of Christians today that are even scared of witchcraft. That's the generation of Christians today. Of course, witchcraft is real. Of course, there are people that manipulate the spirit world. They are there. We are not denying. But greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Yes, they will come to bewitch you, but fikatelela. They will fail. They will crash land. You haven't heard those testimonies. Witches flying and then they crash land. So you need to know that when you preach the gospel, you will attract signs, wonders, and greater miracles. Signs and wonders point to God's manifest presence and his glory. That's why in Acts chapter 2 verse 19 it says, I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Behold, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Some signs you have not even seen them. Signs of great wonder accompany the preaching of the gospel. This same Philip I'm preaching about here. After uh, preaching here to the Samaritans, he was taken, and he wasn't even using the cars or horses that we use here. Or no, you know what? He just used to. He just jumps, takes off in the spirit. He lands somewhere and is preaching the gospel. Those are signs. Those are signs. Do witches also take off? Yes. They fly on brooms. Can Christians also take off not on brooms, <laughs> but by the Spirit of God? It's possible. So if a witch can fly using a broom, then it means a Christian who's preaching the gospel, if need be, can take off now in one minute land in New York. Is it possible? Yes. It's a greater sign. Greater sign. So the preaching of the gospel attracts regular, somebody say regular, regular manifestations of signs and wonders. These are going to be regular among us when we preach the gospel. In verse 12, in verse 12, um, you know the, the community here where our church is, do you know that they know us? Do you know that they know we have stopped doing what we used to do before? <laughs> what, what were we doing before? Going door to door, community to community, section by section, preaching the gospel. In some neighborhoods, we would hold a, a bride at one home and invite people to come free. And the choir would be singing, live choir. How many of you remember that? Okay, there are those people that are, ah, really? 
That used to happen here. Yes. What has happened? What has happened to us? Mama pastor says you have backslid. And is it true? Do you believe her? Then he repent and do the works you did at first. I remember times when uh, people like Brother Amon, they would get so agitated with the sermon that I would preach. Then they would get on the bus to town to start preaching and sharing the gospel. And I want to be provoking all of you like that. And I hope I've provoked you enough. Okay? In chapter 5, verse 12, it says, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. They, we must not beg for signs and wonders. Lord, I want to see signs. Lord, bring miracles. That's not the route you take. That's not the way. Just open your mouth and share the gospel with somebody. A sign will come. Wonders will come. Because you are going to meet people that are in some situations. And there and then, take a step and pray over them. You'll see God at work. My microphone moves everywhere. I know these are designed. You know, white men's ears are very big. Have you ever seen them? <laughs> so, I was, I was teased for my ears when I was growing up. Uh, so, very interesting. So, signs and wonders demonstrate God's greater power. Here's a situation here. In verse 9 to 11, there's a man called Simon. Acts chapter 8, verse 9 to 11. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery. He manipulated spirits and in the city and astonished the people of Samaria claiming that he was someone great. Verse 10, 11. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. Verse 11. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. Now, watch this, from verse 18 to 19. The same passage. Take me there, please. 18 to 19. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. You know, corruption started a long time. Saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. He has met a greater power. He has seen, met a greater power. But Simon responds to him and uh, says, uh, uh, verse 20, but Peter, uh, Peter uh, yeah, Simon Peter, but Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. Modern day prophets would receive that money. Okay? If you want me to give you this impartation, yes, sow a seed into my ministry as a modern prophet. 
But Peter says, may your money perish with you. Not that he didn't need money. He would need it through other means. So what I'm saying here is that signs and wonders demonstrate God's greater power. That's why you must not be afraid of your enemy. Signs and wonders also settle arguments. They settle arguments. In chapter 8, verse 12, we see that, but when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. They settled the arguments. They shifted their attention from the soul Sarah to Jesus. When you are preaching the gospel, God himself will defend himself. He will confirm himself. He will settle the arguments. If you meet an argumentative person, a sign and wonder will keep them quiet. I have a friend, used to be director of Christian Vision and uh, running Christian Voice. We were in school then, secondary school. So during school holidays, we would go preach and then come back and te tell testimonies. There was a Jehovah's Witness man who was moving from house to house and um, he came to their house and he, he called him in and they began to talk and this Jehovah's Witness man was very argumentative. So what did my friend do? He just stood up and said, In the name of Jesus, I command you, leave him. The man manifested demons. He cast out demons. And then when he was sober, mm, if he fint we <laughs> Okay, so it is said to the arguments. Signs and wonders Settle arguments. Let me draw to the conclusion of this message. I would have loved to continue, especially tearing testimonies. But you know, people can do with God's joy. People are depressed. They need good news. And you and I have good news. Isaiah 35, verse 1 to 2. Some of the testimonies, of course, you can you can consult this man. Is your name Mr. Jack Perry? <laughs> He's refusing. Consult that man. I served with him when I was growing up as a young leader in the church in Indola. You talked to him, okay? And he, he too, how God has used him in the past. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Verse 2. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The excellence of Carmel and Sheron, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellence of our God. So this, this is the manifestation of the Messiah. When the Messiah comes as he has already come and established the church, there should be joy going to the people as we share. The church has the good news to deliver that our God is on the throne. Isaiah 52 verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains at the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Many times when you rush to your friend's home, you want to go and tell them something. Mwana, let me update you. 
Usually it is about we must update people with the good news. What God is doing. The Lord himself will go before us confirming his word. As in Acts chapter 11 verse 19 to 21, the Bible says, Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. Verse 20. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. The Hellenists were the Greeks. Okay. Then verse 21. Verse 21. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. May the hand of the Lord go with you wherever you go to preach the gospel. And the hand of the Lord means his deliverance, his healing, his direct confrontation with the enemy on your path. Stand to your feet. Let's just uh, uh, pray together. Hallelujah. My prize, this message really encouraged you. It is my hope that you look forward to listening to the next message. God bless you.